1: I'm Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. right. (laughs)
0: Presented by Syracuse.com and nyup.com.
1: The Bills make me wanna
0: What is up, Bills Mafia, Matt Perino, Ryan Talbot here with you. I am inside the press box at Highmark Stadium uh, just hours after the end of practice over at uh, the training facility here in Orchard Park. This is Shout, a Buffalo Bills football podcast, and I thought, hey, let's let's mix it up a little bit here today, Ryan Talbot. Let's do a, a an early afternoon show, get to you guys, um... A little bit quicker and, and mix up these times a little bit. How are you, my friend?
1: Hey, I'm doing great. Yeah, excited to do an afternoon show. It's great to see you there at the stadium. And it sounds like it was quite the practice today.
0: It was. It was a great practice. And, you know, I was a little bit worried about today. I was like, when I found out that the pads were coming on tomorrow, Tuesday, I'm like, oh man, this might be a little bit of a snoozer here as we kind of wait for that last big day before. Uh, the pads come on, but I got to say the intensity was really high today. I think there was a lot of takeaways. I just got up my observation story on the site. So if you want to check that out and read along as we're live here, Syracuse.com, NewYorkUpstate.com, those are there for you. And some some extra tidbits that I didn't even uh, get in there that we'll talk about on the show today. But shout! Uh, Chow- Bill's Football Podcast is brought to you by Topps Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. Tops um spend more time enjoying everything that summer has to offer and less time worrying about getting to the store with tops pickup and delivery shop for your groceries online choose pickup delivery tops will bring the groceries right to you visit topsmarkets.com to get started and ryan uh you, you combed through my observations where would you like to start my
1: friend Well, let's start with Josh Allen, just because there was a little bit, I I wouldn't say anyone hit the panic button, but there were some fans upset on Saturday when we said it was his worst uh, training camp practice to date, and boy, it sounds like he bounced back pretty nicely today, uh, was sharp once again, so why don't don't we start there, man, tell us a little bit about Josh Allen's day.
0: Yeah, that's a good place to start. Um, Whenever it's about Josh Allen, uh, I think people want to hear about it, and I think one of the big You know, you just talk about the variables. You know, Stephon Diggs was back on the field today. I think that was a big piece of it. I mean, the guy, when he's out there, it just changes everything for the defense. I thought a lot of um, matchups today with Levi Wallace, which I thought was uh, interesting, um, Stephon Diggs specifically. But, you know, Josh Allen was just – he was deliberate today. He was getting, you know, to the line of scrimmage. He was getting in and out of the huddle, and he was – very deliberate with, with what he was doing. I think he, I wrote, he threw a pass away and I went back through my notes and tried to chart it as best I can. And this isn't like super official, like uh, the, you know, NFL news uh, wire stats uh, during a game, but I'm pretty sure there was a couple sacks in there. He went 17 straight passing attempts with a completion, which, you know, even if it wasn't that, even if there was a miss in there that I, that I didn't mark properly or I, He was, that's just kind of trying to paint a picture for how on the money he was today. He was getting the ball to Cole Beasley early and often. And, you know, Cole Beasley is a matchup nightmare. I mean, he is a a guarantee, especially in this environment without pads out there and not really being able to hit the same way. I mean, he is just able to get open so quickly and they were getting the ball out to him uh, pretty regularly and he was in the action. Gabriel Davis was in the action. The one guy that wasn't in the action was Emmanuel Sanders. We saw him on Saturday coming out uh, of team drills, and he didn't return. Well, he didn't participate in any team drills today.
1: Yeah, and and that's interesting because after Saturday, he wasn't on the injury report. So it's just something to monitor. It might be something minor that they're just kind of um, holding off on, or or he just might uh, be getting a veteran rest day today, and maybe he only had to practice a little bit on Saturday. Who knows? We'll kind of wait and see on that. But, yeah, Gabriel Davis sounds like he had a nice day. I think you mentioned Jake Kummerow in there a few times as well, Cole Beasley. But you also mentioned something else, Matt. You said there were a few sacks mixed in. Let's let's pivot over the, to the defensive side of the ball. And who was really flashing on defense today in terms of getting after the quarterback?
0: Today's practice, if I was listing who impressed me the most, I would start with A.J. Epinesa. And I think both of his sacks – um the one there's a little my notes were a little bit hazy but i think both of them came against spencer brown who had a tough day and we'll start we'll talk about him in a in a little while but aj Epinesa what what's impressing me so much about him you know when this goes back to the spring is how he's winning and this isn't like how he was billed coming out of iowa i mean the quickness around the edge i mean he is absolutely you know, shredding some of these matchups because of the fact that offensive linemen aren't able to keep up with him. They're not able to get to their spot quick enough. And he's bending around the edge. He has this really nice combination of uh, speed, quickness, but also still has a lot of that power. And that's where I think that you have to be the most excited if you're uh, a, a Bills fan and this coaching staff who now has this defensive line unit it's a hole, right? With Starla Tula lay back in the mix, I think you're going to be a lot happier with what you have size-wise on the interior. You know, you were listening to Brandon Bean and you were going through his uh, press conference before the show, and he talked specifically about the fact that, yeah, it's true, we didn't have a lot of, you know, we weren't as big on the defensive line as we probably needed to be last year. Having him back and some of these other guys, like Afe Obada, another guy today who had another sack, he is piling... Good days on good days, and continuing to show off. Greg Rousseau again today. There were two specific plays. One was a sack where he beat um, Daryl Williams, I believe, uh, with an outside move. And then a few plays later, it was an inside move where he really showed the quickness of his feet. Got inside. It wasn't a sack, but applied the kind of pressure that you know frustrates quarterbacks. And you know, with the quickness that they now have in the lane. They're going to be able to run a lot of these two-man and even four-man games to get pressure where I think Sean McDermott, if you were to be honest with an answer, would say where he really wants it. And that is right up in the middle, up in the quarterback space. And I think they're going to be able to do a lot better job of that this year consistently with the size now that they have in the exterior.
1: Yeah, and listen, last year, Star opting out, that, that kind of made a lot of players on the inside have to move to roles maybe they weren't comfortable with at all times, playing out of position. It led to a lot of issues in the middle of that defense. And then on the ends, uh, there was some pressure, but maybe the sacks weren't getting there. It, it's really encouraging right now through uh, day five of training camp that once again, we're sitting here talking about young defensive ends. Greg Rousseau has popped almost every single day so far. AJ Epinesa. uh, It's not just great for the Bills in 2021. It's great for them in 2022 and beyond because they have two very good veterans on this roster this year in Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison. But both players are earning the final year of their contract. Both players are over 30 years old. So, Hearing these two guys are playing so well, so consistently, it, it says that maybe the Bills have a bright future there as well after those two veterans leave. And going really quickly to Epinesa, you know, I, we remember last year with, with Leslie Frazier saying, hey, you know, we, we asked him to trim down. Uh, we knew he had the power, but we wanted to see if he, if he it would help him in terms of coming off the edge if he shed his weight down to about 260. And he said, we're benefiting from him playing at this weight now, and we're starting to see that again this season. So he had a full off season uh, probably in around the 250s, 260 range, where he was really able to work on his pass rush arsenal, really able to kind of get used to having that body frame after playing around 280 in college. So that's encouraging. Rousseau is encouraging, and you mentioned FAO Bada as well. Uh, Brandon Bean had a lot of really good things to say about him today on WGR talking about how Eric Washington talked about his work ethic, what a great player he was uh, putting in the work. And that was one of the reasons they brought him in and how encouraged they are with what they've seen from him. And the fact that he can also contribute on the inside in terms of pushing the quarterback out of his place, making him uncomfortable. So really interesting to see, uh, really interested to see what this defensive line can do this upcoming season when the pads are on in the preseason. And of course in the regular season.
0: Mm-hmm. Um you know I've, I've seen a lot of comments in here over the week and a half uh on the rookie uh tackles and I think we can dive into them a little bit here today now and I thought it was fitting that we got a chance to talk to Mitch morse today I mean really the elder statesman of that offensive line uh definitely the highest paid and the most uh you know you know team leader a guy that you know, Josh Allen has talked about, Sean McDermott has talked about what he brings in the room. And for two young guys like Tommy Doyle and Spencer Brown, I mean, a guy that, you know, is probably going to be a sounding board uh, for, for two young players that are, that are trying to figure it out as they go. And he told a story today, uh, a couple stories. He started off his press conference talking about Therese Paller, and it's 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 made its way around social media. You know, I, I mentioned him on the show last week, and, um, man, it's sad to start a football season without Therese Paller. I would have loved to have him on here and talk about you know, we had him on right before the chiefs game. And to kind of talk about, you know, the moves at the bill, he had such great insight, such a sad, sad loss for the football world. But Mitch talked about him a little bit today. I thought that was awesome. And he also told a story about when he was a rookie and when he showed up to training camp and Andy Reid was his coach in Kansas city and he got thrown right into the fire and it's a sink or swim type of situation. Uh, you know, coaches at this level with teams that are ascending that are playoff caliber teams and, in this case, a championship caliber team, if you're going to make this roster, you're going to have to prove that if you're out there, you're going to be able to play. And, you know, Spencer Brown's a guy that's gotten thrown out there and has been in a lot of interesting situations here early on in training camp. And I thought today it was just a situation where a young rookie just, you know, got handed to him a little bit. You know I mean? He, he lost a couple matchups against Epinesa. He looked like he was, uh, you know, struggling a little bit at times. But there's going to be those days, and I think that you could take those struggles and build on them moving forward and those kinds of days in camp are going to lead to maybe better days you know maybe in preseason games or or regular season games should you make the roster
1: yeah, throwing him out into the fire so to speak is exactly what you want to do with Spencer Brown because realistically there's a good chance he's going to be your swing tackle in 2021 which also means you're one injury away from having him in a starting role. Uh the athleticism is there. there's no denying that. The size is obviously there. Uh, you know, many Bills players have just talked about how gigantic these two offensive tackles are that they drafted. But he, but he's ahead of obviously Tommy Doyle in terms of of the movement skills in terms of what we've seen so far. And and I really think that a day like today where he does get beat a few times on sacks, it's not something to worry about. It's not something that fans should be stressed about. It's that's what happens to rookies. Rookies have those moments. They have those days where simply put they are beat. We've seen it at almost every position, a rookie cornerback comes in, they have a bad day. They get beat by opposing wide receivers. So offensive tackles, same type of deal, wouldn't worry too much about Spencer Brown really like that upside as do the bills. And I think that when, when it's all said and done, he's going to be a player that has a big role here in this, uh, this upcoming season.
0: Yeah. And I definitely want to emphasize that. I think Spencer Brown is definitely further along than Tommy Doyle. I think that there's, you know, it's looked like two different levels of readiness when watching the two of them play. I noted Uh, They were doing some one-on-one work and Appanessa just, he went up against Doyle in the one-on-one work and uh, he just, he just pushed him right back. So talking about the speed and the team drills in the one-on-one drill, I mean, you really saw the physicality, his ability to, you know, move a very big man at six foot eight, 320 pounds for Doyle. So that's going to be fun to watch. And again, the pads aren't on yet. So I want to temper all of this by saying that we, we got a ways to go here until we get to a preseason game next week. Uh, so on and so forth. One other note on the offensive line before we move on: a guy that I just think that an afterthought going into the to camp. I thought one of the the sacks that you probably put on Brown. I think you got to kind of pair with Jamil Douglas, who um, a guy with Ike Bucker out of the mix has also gotten an uptick in his uh, you know looks uh, to this coaching staff. And you know, a guy in Jamil Douglas is going to be a fun guy to watch because you probably get a lot of time in this preseason played two the last two years in Tennessee two before that in Miami uh and no real big splash plays I think actually um uh F.E. absolutely destroyed poor Jamil in the one-on-ones uh it was a mismatch of epic proportions and uh but you know somebody that as the pads come on I mean He's going to get a good long look. And with Ike Bucker, who returned to practice today, he didn't practice, but he was out on the field today, which is a good indication that he's making his way through protocols here. Um, that was a uh, you know something uh, of note. And I also would like to, you know, while we're here, I'll go through some of uh, the one-on-one matchups today that we're able to uh, see. Uh, Jordan Devi struggled against Justin Zimmer, who absolutely blew by him in the one-on-ones. Uh, I, re- I wrote that down, and I remember it. Um, pretty good. Uh, Daryl Johnson uh, struggled in his rep against Steven Gonzalez. Uh, and then a uh, great battle um, between Gonzalez and Harrison Phillips. Uh, also Mario Addison uh, school, Tommy Doyle a little bit too, which is good. You want to see the vets, you know, out there showing the, the, the young guys. Uh, what's going on. All right, take us to the next uh, point here, Ryan. What else you want to talk about?
1: Well, real quick, because I want to talk real quick on Zimmer. I I was standing next to you on Saturday, and I was just blown away with his athleticism on one play. So it's interesting because there's players on both sides of that line that maybe we're not discussing every single day because there's not – uh, consistent, uh, consistent big plays left and right, but a guy like Zimmer flashes every now and then, and we saw it last year, the big play he had in, in the New England game. So he's going to be a guy that's right in there for a mix. When you're talking about the offensive linemen, uh, Jamil Douglas, Forrest Lamp, those are guys that are competing for, for depth roles on this team most likely because they like Cody Ford, and Ford's had some really nice days. They, they like Feliciano, uh, and it's going to be important for these guys like you said when the pads come on when the preseason hits for them to really shine because if the bills are smart most of those starting players are not going to see significant time in those preseason games so i think the bills are in a really good spot where they're going to have a great chance to evaluate where their depth players are um, you know going on uh, from your observations uh, any who left practice today did anyone leave practice i, I believe you mentioned Feliciano for left practice today
0: yeah. So Feliciano looked like he got dinged up a little bit at one point and he left practice and I don't think he returned. It was kind of towards the more end of practice. So uh, who knows if he could have gone back out there. But with pads going on tomorrow, I'm sure he probably didn't. We haven't gotten an injury report from the Bills yet. So definitely, you know, keep it. Uh, you know, if, it, if we get it during the show, I'll definitely uh, update everybody. If not, keep an eye on social media. And then Forrest Lamp did not practice today. was working off to the side on uh, – he was on the bike at the beginning of practice and then kind of just watching. So maybe a, a, a small injury for him. We'll see. Or, or large. We'll see. We don't know yet uh, where he stands. I'm trying to think if there was anybody. I mentioned Bucker. Uh, so, yeah, uh, some so some moving parts in the offensive line. then obviously Sanders, who I mentioned, that didn't take part in um, team drills today. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: So re- now changing or shifting gears here for a second, you did mention Devin Singletary in your observation piece, executing on the details. So why don't you tell us and walk us through that a little bit about his day today?
0: Yeah, I'm trying to, um, I told you guys, I wanted to bring you guys some um,
1: some video
0: from practice here, but I, w- I was going so fast that I didn't have a time to download it. Let me see if I can um, bring it up here real quick because I wanted to, get it on here. You read about it, Ryan. Like tell tell people a little bit about it while I try to find it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned that Dable was working specifically with Singletary and Moss on their hands today, working out of the backfield. Uh and and we saw that a little bit last year where there were some struggles in terms of the chemistry between Josh Allen and the backs getting them the ball. Uh Singletary dropping some passes obviously one in, in the Uh, championship game so it it kind of sounds like he's starting to improve maybe in that in the reception area he had a really good catch today you noted Uh, so it's again it's a promising sign because I don't think the Bills as they've said are going to come out and, and have a true number one running back on this team it's going to be who has the hot hand who makes the most of their opportunities and Singletary coming in uh, with more muscle on his frame, improving in these little areas where there were some struggles in the past. It sounds like it was a promising day for the third year running back out of uh, FAU.
0: Yeah. And I, I kind of, I, I really do like both of these guys attitude in terms of Moss and Singletary, two guys that I think probably heard a lot of this stuff in the offseason and come in here with a really great attitude. And Singletary said today, that it doesn't matter to me who ends up being the starting running back. It could be me. It could be Zach. It could be Matt Breida. We're going to show up and we're going to show out. And I, and I just want to win a Super Bowl. And that's kind of been the, uh, you know, the the tone of a a, a lot of different things. I mean, we go back to the Dane Jackson and, and Levi Wallace um, conversations last week. And I felt I got the sense that both of those guys had a similar attitude. Listen, like it's going to be. Uh, a battle and I both of them want to be on the field, but I think that they know that on, in a year like this with a team like this, guys have to be, you know, understanding that you don't want to be a distraction. So I got the video here. So let me download it real quick. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about uh, why I took it and why I found it interesting. So at the beginning of practice, you know, Brian Dable, Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott, they, they kind of make their way around practice, go group to group, you know, sometimes just watching, but today, I felt like it was noteworthy that Brian Dable was working specifically with Singletary and Moss. I mean, he was in the mix of it. He was actually running the little drill that he had them going through. He was having that. He was having them kind of work on their hands, but also their timing and their vision. Uh, He'd start with their, their one, uh, their chin over their one shoulder. And as he's throwing it, they'd have to switch and and readjust and, and get their hand to the other shoulder to try to make the catch. And, He was working with them for a good solid five to ten minutes uh, before practice. Then you saw in the the practice itself, Devin Singletary go out there and make a big play in the passing game. Uh, The block set up perfectly for him. He made a grab and he ran and, you know, weaving through traffic. And that's the stuff that I feel like going back to his rookie year, I really expected that from Devin Singletary. I, I expected him to be a real, you know, problem causer in the passing game because of the way that he moves with the ball in his hands, he's so shifty. He's able to kind of break tackles. He's able to make guys miss. And if you can get the, the ball to him in space, I think one of the things where he struggled last year is there it was such a slog in the middle of the line at times that he wasn't able to really get out in space and, and attack defenses. And that, if you can get him the ball in the passing game, that's where I think it can be fun. Uh, but yeah, that's, you know, that was a, uh, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, their confidence level going into this season is going to be really important, and Matt Breida as well, because they're going to, you know, they, they're going to want them to be a big part of what they do on offense.
1: Absolutely, and while there might be some games where they lean on the run a little bit, this is not a run-first team. This is not a team that runs the ball significantly. So getting them involved in the passing game is important. So a drill like that, where they have to adjust on the fly in terms of turning their head and making little things, uh, movements like that could pay dividends later on in this season where they make a big catch down the sideline or they catch a screen and go down field with it. So it's just the little things like that, that kind of can go a long way uh, for these backs in terms of making an impact in 2021. Now, Matt, you also mentioned Mitch Trubisky today. It sounds like he had at least one really good throw. So why don't you walk us through that and his overall day? It was a
0: tale of two different highs, the high of an electric play and then the high of just a really bad four-play series for Mitch. That wasn't really all on him, and I'll, I'll go to my notes for that part. But let's let's start with the throw. It was early on in practice, and it was – it was a really scintillating moment because like Mitchell Trubisky is a guy that, you know, going back to the spring, watching him up close and personal now for, I'd say what, maybe like a dozen practices. He's a guy that does, he, he, he works in that short to intermediate area of the field. I mean, he, he likes to check down. He, it's just a, the style that he kind of brings. And I, I think that what we've been seeing over the last couple of days is Trubisky start to get a little bit more comfortable, take a couple more chances. We heard from Sean McDermott or from uh, Josh Allen about the relationship that they've started to build and you're seeing the confidence kind of level go up a little bit. I think Mitch has looked really good at times. Sometimes we'll be standing off to the side, watching them warm up throwing in the nets and Trubisky is on the money. I mean, he is hitting on the, on the run throws, putting it right on the, right on the target, right in the, uh, hitting the targets in the net. And today it was, if not for the Josh Allen dime to Cole Beasley, and we could talk about that a little bit, I don't know if we actually went into detail on in that play. It's worth it's worth mentioning. I'll talk about it after this. Trubisky had the throw of his training camp. It was he had some time. He let the play develop, and then he just uncorked a bomb. And it was almost like you kind of sit back and be like, wait a second, who's playing quarterback right back there? At first, I thought it might have been Jake Fromm, and I was like, no, I don't. think That's Jake Fromm. Mitchell Trubisky just threw a beautiful long ball, go ball. To Isaiah Hodgins, who was being covered by Dane Jackson, and listen—the only person that can make a play on the ball was Isaiah Hodgins. Who and he did—he made a play. He hit him in stride. Uh, Josh Thomas tried to come over at the last minute and try to apply some pressure, but it just—it wasn't to be. And that—those are the kind of things where you're sitting there and saying, "Man, the Bills are in really good shape." If, if something does happen to Josh Allen to have a guy in Mitchell Trubisky who has all the starting experience, but can, you know. From just what I'm watching out here, the pads aren't on yet. He can make some throws.
1: Yeah, and you're right. It can be deceiving when you get used to seeing someone throw short, intermediate, short, intermediate all the time. When he finally uncorks one, you have to almost double check to see who it was. But sounds like that was a great throw. Really good news also for Isaiah Hodgins because uh, he had been a little bit quiet recently, and he's still in the mix for the, one of those wide receiver jobs. Uh, if they're they're keeping six, he could be in the mix for that. If they're keeping seven, obviously in in the mix there as well. So. It's good for him to make some plays, too, against Dane Jackson of all cornerbacks. And then you mentioned, though, that Trubisky faced some pressure as well on a series. So how was that?
0: Yeah, that was, uh, that was one of the more brutal uh, stretches that I've seen for any quarterback. I mean, it was just like play after play after play. Uh, Josh Allen had a really nice series where um, he hit digs for a couple balls, hit, hit uh, Cole Beasley, Um, and then Trubisky came on the first play of that series, Carlos Boogie Basham is able to apply pressure, ended up being incomplete where he absolutely, you know, abused Bobby Hart. I thought it was a really bad rep for Bobby Hart, but a great one for Boogie Basham. And if you're a Bills fan, you probably like hearing that. The next play, Trubisky, uh, feeling a little bit more pressure, uh, Saran Neal was able to break up a pass intended for, um, uh, Lenore who, by the way, Lenore's had a, a, a sneaky, like, nice little training camp. I've, I've liked a couple of things that I've seen from him uh, as well. We'll talk more about him in future episodes. Then Effie with a, a sack of Trubisky beats Tommy Doyle. Uh, Vernon Butler and Mike Love combined to force a little bit of pressure uh, on the next play. First real pop from from Vernon Butler there. So just a, a series where Trubisky was dealing with a lot of pressure. I also mentioned Josh Allen. He had probably what I would still consider the throw of the day to Cole Beasley, where he, he sat in a pocket that was – chaos was was bubbling around him. I mean, he had Spencer Brown pushed up pretty close to him, who is huge. And, you know, dealing with the pressure in all different directions, he let the play develop. Saw Cole Beasley on the left side pretty deep. I'd say 25, 30 yards, maybe – about in in that range down the field and he just put a ball drop in a bucket, you know, in stride throwing to his left. It was just a perfectly placed ball where only Cole Beasley can cover it can catch it. I wish I almost had a different angle on it, and I'll be interested to see if the bills put out a video clip of it later today because it was just one of those special Josh Allen throws. Listen. We're brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Tops loves local. Tops is proud to partner with over 200 local growers to supply Tops with their freshest homegrown fruits and vegetables, produced and picked this morning and be on your table tonight. What is next, Mr. Talbot? Actually, before we go any further, what is next is how about some linebackers? I've seen some comments about linebackers the last couple of days. We had a special uh, gentleman in the house today. Lorenzo Alexander made his return to One Bills Drive. He was coaching up the linebackers. Here's a little video clip. From today. Oh! All right, so some good, some good sights and sounds. A Nice look uh, up close and personal the linebackers uh, out of practice. But, yeah, Lorenzo is pretty high. I, you can see that all the players were excited to have him back in the building, guys he's played with and started with, which remain Edmonds and, and Matt Milano and um, A.J. Klein, who – I'm sure that they're they're familiar with him. And, you know, Lorenzo was just all over practice today. But the you know, I think the tomorrow is really setting up to be the day that we can really start to kind of sink our teeth into the linebackers. You know, one guy without going into too much detail that's just kind of left me wanting more is Tyrell Adams, who I, I think coming into this stretch was somebody that uh to train camp was somebody that I had tab we talked about as a guy that could be a real um Nice addition for the Bills, not only on special teams where he plays, but as a depth linebacker. And, you know, I, I got a guy like maybe Andre Smith, who I think is trending, you know, in a better direction. I feel like he's been more active. He's made more plays. But again, the pads aren't on yet. So we'll have to wait and see what happens once that starts.
1: Yeah, but encouraging to hear that the linebacker depth is performing well. Obviously, the Bills generally only have two on the field at most times in games, but to have people that are ready to go, ready to contribute, a tackling machine like Adams, who who did just that last year with the Houston Texans, it, it's promising to know that there's depth across the board, especially at that linebacker position where we we've seen the Bills get a little bit dinged up at times. We've seen Edmonds play through some injuries or play hurt a little bit. We've seen Milano miss action, so. Uh, Having some players waiting in the wings that can step up and contribute would would really benefit this defense in 2021.
0: If you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate it. Uh, I am live. It's Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. I'm live at the stadium inside the press box. uh, Just a few uh, short steps away from the training facility where the Bills held their fifth practice today. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button as well if this this is your first time here. We are going to be live every day after training camp practice to talk to you guys about what we saw because uh, Ryan will be back up here this weekend. I'm excited uh, to do another uh, two-man, one-man booth show uh, that was really popular. I think people really got a kick out of it. Uh, How much fun did you have in that? crammed in that little uh, studio
1: there, Ryan. It was a really good time, and you're right. I mean, we, we were we were definitely uh, squeezed in there pretty tightly, but it, it was a good time. It was a fun show. You're right. A lot of the comments seem to enjoy that aspect of it, so I am looking forward to being up there again this weekend, uh, seeing, you know, another 15,000, 20,000 Bills fans in attendance. I know it's going to be rocking again, loud with the fans, loud with the music, and really excited to see what uh, the Bills can do on both sides of the ball.
0: All right. Yes, sir. Oh, just subbed. I appreciate you. Um, Anything else you want to cover here, Ryan? I I think that I – got to see if I empty the notebook here.
1: I saw some good questions in here. Well, first of all, someone said, any update on Antonio Williams? How's Antonio Williams looking in the running back race, Uh, special teams? Anything standing out to you from Antonio?
0: He's had a couple good days of practice where he's had a run or two that really, like, popped me. I love the way that he's always just – Every run he makes, he, it looks powerful. He had one today where he kind of fell. Like, he kind of tried to make a cut, and I almost feel like he felt, fell backwards. So, um, not a great, like, you know, one of the lone um, impressions he was able to make today. But, listen, it's going to come down to those preseason games. He's got an uphill battle on his hands. I think that they really like what Matt Breda brings to the, to the room. I think they like what he brings to the competition. And it doesn't matter who you ask. Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, Brian Dable, Sean McDermott. What does Matt Breda bring to this team? All four of them. <laughs> Speed. Speed. <laughs> one word answer.
1: And, but, you know, that is what they lacked last year. It was the talk of the season. It was the one issue that the Bills had at that running position in terms of the skill set that was missing. It wasn't the only issue with the running game last year, but it was the one skill set that was lacking. So to bring that in here, as long as Breda performs it, it, you know, as well as he has to date, uh he's definitely in the mix but yeah i it could be end up being a numbers game for antonio williams i like the, the player i think he's a fit for this team uh if he doesn't make this main roster they're going to try to get him on the practice squad but there's a lot of people and a lot of teams that saw what he did in the regular season last year that might try to to claim him and add him to their roster so it's going to be interesting to see and then i i think i saw something in here about the offensive line wanting to know is it more so the defensive line that's performing above expectations, or is it a concern that maybe the offensive line is struggling a bit against some of these young pass rushers?
0: You know, I think not having Deion Dawkins there is a big deal. I mean, this guy has been a staple on this offensive line, and you're working, Cody. I will say this. Oh, I'm glad that it's great questions because you're bringing something up that I wanted to talk about. I see a fullback question, too. Brian Dable had an interesting quote about Reggie Gilliam today, so we'll get to that as well. Um Let's start with, you know, what I think Deion Dawkins means to this line. I mean, it's it's just so stabilizing for your offense to have a guy that you don't have to ever worry about at one of your bookends. And, you know, I think that without pads, Daryl Williams has had his hands full of time, uh, you know, with uh, Greg Rousseau. And it could be an issue of just getting into game shape. I mean, Gregory Rousseau has been – absolutely getting after it and since the beginning of May when he reported for Bill's minicamp so he's a young guy he's got length he's got power and Daryl Williams is a veteran who just signed a three-year contract who might be taking a little bit longer to get into game shape after you know uh, missing most of, of the spring I think he came back for what was the last week of OTAs and minicamp I'd have to go back and check the exact on that but he wasn't here for all of it so I just think The guys that have been here are probably a little bit closer to being in game shape, but we'll see how that all um, transpires. But one guy in particular that I think if you're a Bills fan, you have to be so excited about, and I know, preface it with the pads and all that kind of stuff, Cody Ford, man. like He had a couple plays today where he was really good and just really sound. I thought that there was one play where Gregory Rousseau I think had a nice inside move and had a free path to the, to, to Allen and Ford immediately picked him up and noticed it late and just used his lateral quickness just to put a body in front of Rousseau to stop his forward momentum that would have completely blown out the play. And those are those are the, I didn't write even write about that. Cause I wrote about Ford in detail the other day, but those are our big moments in practice where you're just like, okay, that's good news because I think seeing this starting five, at some point, whether it's in the preseason or week one, I think that that's going to dictate a lot about how they're able to, I, I think I think they answered a lot of questions in past pro with how good they were last year. Now it's about combining both of those two things and having some continuity there is going to be important.
1: Yeah, and and having guys like Feliciano and Ford who are are solid run blockers could really help open up things uh, for the running backs as well while also helping the passing game continue to kind of hum along like it did one year ago. Brandon Bean has said for the past two seasons that he's a believer in Cody Ford and it's just injuries and a little bit of bad luck that's kind of uh, hampered his career to date. So it, it seems like this year with his health being on the upswing, he's really putting together a strong camp so far. Like you've said, we'll see if that continues when the the pads come on. It'll be very beneficial to the Bills if that does happen because, you know, then that's one less competition for them to worry about. They can kind of say Ford's our guy at the one guard spot, and then it comes down to depth and competition. So good to hear that Ford is really uh, uh, having a great camp so far and kind of moving in the right direction in terms of health but also play.
0: So a uh, good question in here on um, do you see the Bills using fullback more this year than last? And, you know, good timing because I we had Brian Dable this morning and I specifically asked him about Reggie Gilliam because I think it's so interesting the, the career arc so far for Gilliam. Start coming in as a fullback, working behind Patrick DeMarco, who obviously we talked to Patrick on the show last week. You know, they worked a lot together before Patrick DeMarco was forced to retire. And, you know, Gilliam has credited him with how, um, you know, gracious he was and in in kind of giving him some mentoring and before he he left they flipped him over to tight end to get him on the roster had that big touchdown catch as a tight end early last season everybody remembers went through the season didn't have too much of an impact didn't play a ton played some special teams but then you know this offseason he's being flipped back to fullback and so I asked Brian Dable today like how do you how do you view him and like is he a guy that's going to be this versatile piece he could flip back and forth and he basically said that in his many words. And here's his his exact quote. He's versatile. Like you said, we'll see. It'll be an important preseason for him. And he's done a good job in the kicking game. Figure out if he has a role here on offense, and that will be up to him, whether it's a fullback or moving around a little bit. But again, you credit Brandon and Joe, uh, Joe Shane for finding guys like this that have qualities that we covet in terms of smart, tough, dependable. Then you let them go out there and show what they can do. You give them an opportunity to do it. And so Listen, I haven't seen a ton of Gilliam here the last couple of days. I, I, I've seen him here or there. I think we, we even noticed him together, Ryan, on Saturday on a play. He's going to have to make an impact. you know, At fullback, he's going to have to make an impact as a run blocker because I think that that's something that they always valued in DeMarco, standout special teamer, but also great as a, as a lead blocker in that running game. And maybe that could be an area that they point to that, okay, let's get a fullback back in the mix, and that could, could be cure some of our ills in the running game.
1: Yeah, and Patrick DeMarco said it himself. The one thing that uh, Gilliam has that uh, he he envied was those sticky hands. And When he got his hands on you, you weren't going to be able to get away from him. He's going to drive you back, move you back. So now it's time for actually for him to show that in the preseason. That's going to be his showcase because the Bills are going to have so many tough decisions trimming that final roster down that Gilliam has to stand out almost every single preseason game continue to make some plays at camp to find a spot on this roster because they didn't really utilize a fullback last year. Maybe it's because they they were expecting DeMarco to be there. And midseason they said, okay, we're going to kind of you you know make Gilliam more of a hybrid type player between tight end and fullback. But I think fullback is where he's going to have to make that living. I'm not sure if the Bills can keep players solely for special teams play anymore because he is great at blocking kicks he he was great at toledo in the, in that area he is a great special teams player but this is a team trying to win a super bowl and when it comes down to it they they're going to have to make some really tough decision at, decisions and gilliam's going to be one of them at the end of the day
0: great comment here uh, uh... Ma Bills028 on YouTube said uh she's in here on YouTube after watching on Facebook. Listen, we love we love watching everybody on all platforms that are watching, and any way that you're able to get the shout podcast, we recommend listening. But man, that YouTube comment section just hits a little bit differently. It's so active, it's so uh engaging, it's so thoughtful. I mean, you guys do a great job in the comment section. And sometimes me and Ryan will be halfway through the show, we'll be I'll have to like double check back in with Ryan because I'm just over here reading the comments section. You guys do you guys do a great job. You, you're part of what makes big part of what makes this show so fun for us. So keep killing it. Great stuff as always today. I, I think that'll do it, Ryan. What final thought? Hit us with it.
1: Final thought: The pads are coming on tomorrow. Bills mafia, so you don't have to hear Matt and I say when the bills or when the pads come on anymore. Keep an eye on Matt's observations. This is where it starts to get good. This is where some competitions are really going to heat up on this team, and we're going to see who's standing out. So I know I'm really excited about seeing the, the players in pads. I'm sure you are too.
0: Oh my gosh, I cannot wait. Get ready for tomorrow. Carve out an hour. Make sure if you're on YouTube, set those notifications up. I'll put like I did today that initial time frame. We moved it back ten minutes because I was uh, I, I didn't finish. I wanted to finish observations before we got on there, so that'll move around a little bit tomorrow. Leave it in the comment section. DM me. What time do you guys want us to go live? Uh, We'll do it wherever uh, works best for you. I know some people really love being a part of the live show, so I try to work it around what's best for you guys. We're we're kind of toying with different uh, times. Uh, But tomorrow is going to be an exciting one. I'd imagine we'll be a little bit later tomorrow, maybe 3.30 or later. Uh, So stay tuned for that. We're so excited for it. Tomorrow is going to be an hour-long show, so buckle up. I'd imagine we're going to have a lot to talk about tomorrow. Brought, shout Buffalo Bills football podcast brought to you by Tops, Tops Fresh Burger Bar with over 30 varieties of beef, turkey, chicken, plant-based, and gourmet blend burgers ready to grill. Tops Fresh Burger Bar has you smiling all summer long. We're going to be smiling all week long because we got a lot of Bills football and a lot of Bills uh, padded practices to talk about. This is the fun time of the year. Hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. We will see you tomorrow. Have a great night.